0: Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata.
1: Good evening, para stalkers, para lurkers, spooksters, and all the amazing. Who are they, Renata? Darksiders. Dark, dark side. I can't even hear you. What's going on? I don't know. Um, But we welcome you to studio this evening for the Spooky Sunday's radio show. I hope you are ready for a fantastic night. Uh, And we've got some great stories lined up for you this evening. Uh, We have got... um, Renata, go back to your chair. And I'm just going to try something very different because somebody may have switched switches here. Oh, I can see what it is. You're on the other microphone and We didn't switch them around. So I've now got you back on air. Say hello.
2: Hello.
1: <laughs> there you go. I fixed it. Um, oh. Yes, we've got some great stories. We've got something about priests. Yeah. What have you got, Renata?
2: Oh, I'm going to offend a lot of people tonight.
1: Oh, good on you. Mm. It's not a show if we're not offending people. Let's face it. Um, and also, I have the ghost writer back ghost writer is back to torment you all Uh, this is our writer who takes a couple of sentences that I send them and they put together a weird and wacky story about the supernatural and Renata and I at the helm now Renata's been waving at me telling me to talk quieter but what it is is the person who normally listens on that set of headphones is hard of hearing and they tend to turn the volume up a lot, so you need to turn that down and that should fix you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fix her in another way. <laughs> anyway, we are back in studio, so you now have the chance to text us on zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. All our pre-records are done and dusted. Was there any good ones that you listened to when we were away? Let us know, because we put a lot of freaking effort into putting those pre-records oh, out there.
2: Oh, didn't we, Chuck? It's yeah. a marathon. But I've got a story, I've got a story, I've got a story. Oh,
1: oh but before we go to a story, congratulations, Renata, on becoming a grandma. Oh.
2: Thank you. Big Little. shout out to my daughter, Monica, mm. and James Lennox.
1: Yeah, he um, he arrived while we were on Norfolk Island, which mm-hmm. was very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we will, we'll allow that, I suppose, because he's very cute. He is
2: very, very cute.
1: All right, tell us your story. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let
2: me clear my throat oh. for this one.
1: <clears throat> All right, here we go.
2: Now... Priests in Italy claim they've burnt out. They're burnt out by all the exorcisms they need to perform. Oh, the poor things. It's been a tough couple of years for a number of professions in particular. Of course, frontline workers like
1: doctors and nurses. Hang on, are they putting themselves up there with doctors and nurses?
2: Uh, yes, and paramedics have oh. been working incredibly long hours yes, to treat COVID patients. They have. Teachers have had to undertake the Herculean task of teaching kids yep. trigonometry over Zoom and supermarket staff have had to double as UFC referees (laughs) to deal with all of the fights between customers in toilet paper aisles. Oh,
1: then that's been embarrassing, seeing some of those videos.
2: But there's one profession working hard that has not received much media coverage at all. Oh, the poor things. Priests in Italy are reporting that they are working long hours trying to expel the devil from people's bodies. (laughs) Some priests are reporting that they are seeing up to dozens of patients a day, which means they must... Business is booming. They must be at risk of running out of holy water.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh.
2: At the Regina Apostolorum... Uh, Apostolorum...
1: <laughs> pronunciations are going to be great tonight.
2: Regina Apostolorum 16th Annual Exorcism Conference... <laughs>
1: Oh, that sounds like a hoot. Can I get a ticket to that?
2: I want to go so badly. I want to go so badly. Could so you see
1: us sitting up the back, we'd be <laughs> nudging each other, we'd be giggling, oh we're dreadful.
2: So they've had oh. 15 conferences, this is the 16th annual one in Rome, experts said that they <clears> needed <throat> te- the help of psychologists to help determine if their patients were in need of medical treatment or divine intervention. Well at least they're doing that.
1: They are, at least they're getting an, a second opinion, yes. but do they listen to them?
2: Uh-huh. Attendees <laughs> were in need of medical treatment or divine intervention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Att- attend- done that. Attendees acknowledged that it could be tricky telling the difference between a mental illness and the devil. Oh, well, this is true. And all of those alleged witches who were burned during medieval times for poisoning crops would probably agree.
1: Yes, yes. sir. Yes.
2: Lots of apologies happening right now. So sorry. Mm, a bit late. Never mind. Of course, the symptoms of mental illness are wide-ranging and varied. Yes, they are. Uh, however, attendees at the conference gave priests some useful advice. If their patient has the ability to speak Latin, Arabic, or Hebrew, there's a good chance that they are possessed. What if they is- studied those languages? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is, of course, terrible news for linguists in Italy or anyone who attends a synagogue. So sorry, in addition to the ability to speak ancient languages, another telltale sign is of requiring an exorcism is vomiting. Of course, vomiting could also mean that a person is simply possessed by a bad beef rendang <laughs> I love whoever wrote Dodgy this. prawn! And perhaps he's less in need of a priest and more in need of some hydrolyte. Oh, God. I didn't write this. I didn't write this, but it's, it's glorious. I love it. One of the researchers who conducted the study, Giuseppe Frau, told The Times some priests said they were seeing 30 to 50 cases a day. Given that there are approximately 290 exorcists working in Italy
1: alone, Whoa. that could
2: mean that priests are helping almost 1,500 people a day possessed by the devil.
1: I think Either- I think they're, um, you know, when men go fishing and they, they look at the size of their fish and they say how big it was and in actual fact it wasn't that big, I think it might be one of those situations. sounds far more dramatic when you say it's that many number. mm
2: Either that or they're just spritzing holy water on hundreds of people who might just have anxiety. And it's probably not going to help their anxiety to be told they are a vessel for an evil spirit. Oh. And we talk about
1: this all the time. Yes. So, it's as bad as psychics and mediums telling people that they've got an attachment or they've, they've got somebody that um, draws on their energy or something like that. That's just it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. They put it into their head and then it festers like a, an abscess on a tooth.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So notably, exorcisms have been on the rise over the past decade, so it seems that more priests will need to be trained up in order to cope with the demand. Either that or Italy just needs to put some more money into mental health funding.
1: Mm. Whoever now, wrote that, what's their name? Uh, you got it there? No. Oh, well, I love them. Whoever they are, I
2: I love them. I agree. That, That was fabulous. Yep. Um... And, and this appeared um on the 30th of may this year um so it's it's actually a, a, new, um, a, a it's new a it's a fresh item a new item but um i have been reading these things for the last couple of years actually that um, all of this has been growing exponentially um especially in italy
1: yeah well um, i mean that's people... the obvious place where it's it would be um a focus of people yeah. because that's where the holy city is and um, um, yeah, well, obviously. That, well, the best yeah.
2: ones, the best exorcists must, must be there because they're closer to the Pope. Yeah, because they're in true. Italy.
1: But mm. well, I, I saw a um, documentary on um, this sort of thing with priests and exorcisms, and um, I, I remember that the person would come in, very normal, totally normal. They'd sit down with the priest. The priest would start praying over them, and they'd start twitching and swearing at them and um, the priest would lay their hand on them and finish the session and say, thank you very much and the person would be back to normal again. See you tomorrow at the same time. Off you go. And it looked to me like these people were actually thriving on the attention that was given to them. Yeah. And it was like they were performing in a manner that was expected to be of somebody who was possessed
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because you're special. If you've got a possession, you're special. mm and that in itself is um, there's some sort of trauma there that hasn't been dealt with, yes. that they need that attention.
2: Yep. Some people are so afraid to go to psychologists and um, uh, psychiatrists, though. It's It's not... It's not an extreme thought to think, well, that's the, the next thing that I can do because I don't want to go to a psychiatrist. I'll, I'll go to a priest because he's supposed to understand my soul yeah. and supposed to help me um, in a spiritual way. And don't get me so, wrong,
1: there are some really great priests out yeah, there who so, will listen to you and yeah, counsel you. So
2: I will, I will try that instead and I understand that. But it, it sh- what it does is it shows the amount of anxiety and stress um, people are under. Right now, Um, and that there is a real need for um, counselling and um, talking to people and people having uh, actual contact with others rather than feel in isolation.
1: Yeah, Mm. and during, as I said, this is um, during COVID, it seems to have magnified. And I think that people were locked up in their own homes and uh, had to spend time with each other. Like they've probably never done before.
2: Mm. Realise they don't like each other. Realise,
1: they've <laughs> said, "Well, you're possessed by a demon. Obviously, you're not the person I married." And yeah, it's just, uh, and yeah, all of a sudden they're contacting the priest. Mm. What do you reckon? Mm. Could well be. I notice that we've got the phone lighting up now. You can send through your thoughts as well to zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six.
2: Let us um, know whether you think that exorcisms work.
1: Uh, What's Robert got to say? Hi, Robert, how are you? I know you won't be able to say this on air. Ah. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. I'm not going to say that, Robert. You're right. Hi, Robert. <laughs> I absolutely adore you both. Speaky Sundays is one of my favourite parts of the week. Oh, oh thank you, Beck. Thank you.
2: Now, we had some great adventures overseas, didn't we? And uh, we'll be sort of filtering out that information over the next couple of weeks once some of our uh, videos start to appear on YouTube because we've tried to uh, video as much as we could, but unfortunately we couldn't do any lives because the we had awful...
1: We had the worst internet you could. Possibly imagine. You could,
2: yeah, overseas. So we have done uh, quite a lot of recording, but you will see that as um, video.
1: Yes, very, somebody has very kindly offered to put that together for us and um, sort of put it up. We'll see what happens. I want to give a shout out to Catherine. Hello, Catherine. How are you? Thank you for messaging and saying hello. It is good to be back in here and doing our live shows. And to whoever called us on their phone number that ends on the 885. I'm sorry, we can't take live calls on that phone, but you can text us. And also a big shout out to the the awesome duo of Eric and Natasha. Um, I'm not choking the chicken tonight. It's okay, and we'll get to your question when we get around about 8.30.
0: Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio.
1: And welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live Radio. And it's my turn, Renata. hmm And I have controversy. Oh, no.
2: No. There, there
1: controversy is... in the paranormal? No, this is controversy in the groundhog. Oh. Remember the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray and was it Puskatorni Tawny Fil- <laughs> Puskatorni <laughs> What's his name? Pus, p- oh, Busker 20 Phil, the beaver? Is it a beaver? I'm looking at that rock you've got a picture of there. What, what rock? That oh, one. It's oh, it's, oh, it's a beaver. Oh, it's a beaver. Sorry. That, that's a... Cut. Oh, it oh. does. Yeah, so much you me now. It does look a tad phallic, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so, yeah, this yeah. is the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know... Oh, there it is. Puns... Pun- Tawny Phil was the the groundhog um, in this, and it, it's this superstition that they they have that the the groundhog's going to let them know when spring is coming, whether mm-hmm. spring's going to be early or late. Uh, so. There has been a little bit of a a problem with the poor old groundhog. But apparently it happens on the 2nd of February every year. And uh, you'll see them, they they, they say something about if the, the groundhog sees the shadow, winter will go on for six more weeks. If it does not see its shadow, spring will arrive early. So this is a tradition that's widespread in the eastern US and Canada, and there are many celebrity groundhogs that are relied on to predict the early arrival of spring, including, oh no, I should have looked at this before i <laughs> go now, you guys said you'd love our pronunciations. Let me give this one. Shubenacardi Sam, Dunkirk Dave, Staten Island Chuck and Buckeyed Chuck. Right. The woodchuck chuck. chuck. Mm. Did a woodchuck chuck chuck. chuck. Wood <laughs> chuck. <laughs> oh, All right. So these are kept throughout the year, and every 2nd of February is ceremoniously held up in open air, often by somebody very impressive, like a mayor or a celebrity, to divine whether they shall produce a shadow or not. However. What about if it's a, a cloudy day? They've got supernatural powers, Renata. Oh, they can oh, work it out. Oh, all right, okay. It's it's a wood chuck chuck woody okay, chucky wood fine, thing. Fine. Groundhog. Fine. <laughs> um so there was a bit of drama and controversy in two thousand and fourteen mm. when New York mayor at the time, Bill de Blasio, dropped the Staten <gasps> Island chuck no. during the ceremony. <laughs> On its head, did it die? Um, oh, no, been... it didn't die at the time, but it did <laughs> die later of internal injuries. Oh no, that's awful. I know. Oh, poor baby. This year, well, this whenever this one was written, um, uh, the death of Milltown Mel, the the Chuck. Chuck, chuck, chuck.
2: There will be no spring.
1: <laughs> New Jersey, just before the big day was taken out. Because I think they hibernate. Um, so apparently it was taken out before its big day, which is considered to be a bad omen. And all The fact that they died was a bad omen. <laughs> No. Now, normally groundhogs do live for around about three to four years, but when they're kept in captivity, they can live for about 20 years. Oh, really? So is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is no. it better that they're out living a, you know, starvation and cold and free nature for three to four years or you know, being kept in a cage for 20? Um, anyway, so the original uh, wire... we. we, we <laughs> Breathe, breathe. (laughs) Wyatton Willie, Wyatton Willie, was an albino groundhog and provided weather service to, I'm sorry, to the Americans, Wyatton in Canada, and they lived to be 22 years old. Mm, That's a good old age. I know, but guess what? Oh, no. He was found dead only days before his 1999 ceremony. (gasps) But they gave it a civic funeral. Which upset a lot of the local children who didn't realise oh, he died. No. Oh the poor things. But there was we've had a, a hand puppet topic. It gets thing worse, Renata. Sorry, it gets sorry. worse. Sorry. <laughs> mm. right. oh, you ready for this? Mm. They they decided to have an open coffin. And there is actually a little picture here oh. of a little tiny coffin with a stiff as a board woodchuck oh. <laughs> on his back. I'll he's, have to,
2: he's in a coffin and it's got like red satin. Red satin. And he's lying on his back with his little paws yeah. up in the air and, and, and
1: his and head back. The people around him are all in white tuxedos with red bow ties and red cumber bands and cummerbunds and they've got roses of red and white around him. But that wasn't the scandal. The scandal was that the wood chuck, chuck, chuck that was in the coffin was an imposter. (laughs) That killed another one? It was a taxidermied. (laughs) no. (laughs) It was a taxidermied one that they put in there. And apparently the reason being, because he he had a keeper called Sam. Sam told the press at the time, this is not good. The smell was something you wouldn't have wanted to have to be near. Oh. It would have had to have been a closed casket. Oh. So they put a substitute one in. Oh. They could not put a glass oh, no. thing on they the top. They could have sealed it, couldn't they? Could the, you? Nobody would have looked at the maggots crawling mm. out. <laughs> oh it's a weird world. No, this, this year, the Wearton Willie... <laughs> Has once again been the subject of scandal. Mm. It was found that his latest incarnation had actually died some time before last year's ceremony, <laughs> and his death was covered up. <laughs> oh no! Did you, you know spent- there was there was this much scandal about about these groundhogs? Groundhogs <sighs> that was covered up by city officials in 2021, um, uh, which was streamed live due to COVID. Um, so Willie didn't make an in-person appearance. Uh, so <laughs> oh, this just keeps going on. So Mayor Janice Jackson made the prediction by tossing her hat in the air without revealing Willie's death. She just threw her hat in the air and said, "Oh, I see my shadow." <laughs> it's not the same. Not quite the same as pulling your beaver out and saying <laughs> shadow. Uh, Text in your thoughts to eight four triple eight six before they take us off the air. <laughs> um.
2: We've only been back for. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm still trying to read but I can't see now. With Poxitani Phil, sorry, and Shubanaki Sam, I can't say it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a different groundhog every year because people don't really notice the difference, she added. It was getting harder and harder to replace Willie in winter as he's always gotten <coughs> – <laughs> he's always been an albino and albinos <laughs> – to come by. Apparently it's hard to find an albino willy. I don't know, I thought most of them would be pretty white. Um, this year the city streamed the ceremony again but with a new willy, a brown one. <laughs> I think I need to end it there. We're <laughs> just going to hell in the head basket. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh dear. So there we are. I hope you enjoyed that. That's and that's all to do with superstitions and people's beliefs. And this would have gone right back to you know early times when the the Puritans came to the from the, sh- the ships to America and. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Saw those things coming out of the ground and, you know, it was like hungry, hungry hippos where you kind of <laughs> bash them. And, yeah. oh.
1: Anyway, that story today came from the Fortean times. Yes, the 14 times. We do love our Fortean times because they've got some really funny stuff in there, some weird, weird, wacky stuff.
2: Mm. And it's amazing how <coughs> much superstition still uh, is part of people's lives in all different places around the world, so we kind of try and assume that, oh, (coughs) because the world's so scientific now, we've all moved away from all of those superstitions, but we haven't.
1: We haven't. No. We don't walk under ladders. We worry if we break, break mirrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, people still fret about Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. So we, what sort of superstitions do you guys have? Text it in, eight four triple eight six. I know every now and then I might knock over the salt canister and I think, oh, should I throw something over my shoulder? And I think, oh, no, I'm being silly. Been silly But yeah. it, it's also yeah. time to text in your questions so we are going to answer questions between 830 and nine that you are sending through um, and if you don't send them through we're just going to regale you with stories of our trip
0: mm-hmm.
1: In the meantime gonna head off to a song so that I can recover after that story.
0: You're listening to spooky
1: Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And you're with Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays. And it's time for Spooky Chat. And we've been putting the number out for you guys to text in your questions. And we've got a few there, haven't we?
2: Yes, we've got a few come in, which is fantastic. And I'm going to read the first one. And this one comes from Eric and Natasha. Hello, and
1: Eric and Natasha.
2: Their question is, uh, This uh, I've been thinking about a spirit guide as of late. I have decided on Anubis. What are you? thoughts on Anubis as a spirit guide. Well that's a bit of a
1: shock that's <laughs> all, all I can say because Why um, Anubis? Why did you choose Anubis? Yeah you've picked a really difficult one Did you Did you um, just get a I don't know, have you done some reading on them or um, did you see something that sparked your interest and um, I'll, I'll let Renata continue on from there Yes.
2: Hello, Renata. Yes. Look, Anubis is um, an Egyptian god, and he's often represented uh, as a kind of half man, half animal. So he has the head of a jackal and the body of a man. And he is actually the God of the dead. Now, this is what I'm a little bit worried about for you, uh, because if you have not had any experience with working with a spirit guide, uh, then my suggestion is pick someone Or a a representation, a god or goddess um, Of some virtue that you wish to have for yourself Something you might
1: like to work on
2: Something that you would like to work on and strengthen Uh, Unless you're wanting to have very um, experiences that take you to The borderlands, the the lands between um, the living and the dead. Um, You may be just extending yourself a little bit too far, going with Anubis as the first one. Um, Some gods call you. Although we don't
1: know what Derek's experience is in this area. That's
2: fair enough, yeah. Um, But he's asking for my opinion, so Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. um, Some gods call you. Sometimes you call them. If you're calling out to them, there are specific reasons why you want to experience something or have um, a connection with that particular energy that you are wanting to bring into your life. So unless you kind of let us know, and please do, why you would want to connect with Anubis as a spirit guide, my suggestion to you is... Or
1: maybe he's been watching a lot of Stargate and he just likes that really cool dog head. Mm. Sorry.
2: Um, yeah, do a little bit more research or ask ask some questions. Let us know and ask
1: some questions and we can help you through it. Um, and a shout out to Maxine. How are you, Maxine? Um, Catherine said, with the superstitions, you can never remember whether to throw the salt over your left or your right shoulder. So she does both and the floor gets covered. Yeah. I have to say, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and hello to Deborah ann Now, we got to meet Deborah ann when we went to old Geelong Jail. Yeah. Hi, Deborah ann It was so lovely to meet you. Um, she says she absolutely loves Kate Bush. Um, uh, couldn't yeah okay so um, I guess if you can put power intent in a spell or crystal or talisman or whatever, is it the same for superstition? You manifest it. What do you think?
2: Mm. Well, one is sort of guarding you against something, as in superstitions, because most superstitions are um, about guarding you against some sort of evil. Um, and they're always telling you about evil things, black cats, ladders, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff.
1: Witches, crones.
2: Yeah, but the other, the other is your intention actually going into um, something that is uh, going to guard you, um, but. Well, in the end, you are anything that you focus on, you bring closer to you. So again, if you live by superstitions, and some of these are very culturally embedded, so it's kind of really hard to not kind of bear it in some way, because sometimes these superstitions are laid in at a very early age. So you know, if if for example you have come up through uh, Catholicism. Um, there could be always a little bit of Catholic guilt that lies there um, from being told that you're a sinner when you're born um, and that you... you We're not born
1: sinners. We're born with a clean slate and then we sin. No. No. Are no. we born with sin, are we? You're oh, that's right. That's Adam and Eve's original sin. Sorry, I forgot my Bible. we are born
2: with sin and then you we're have s- to get We're screwed baptized. before we even start. You have to get baptized. You get, re- you, get, you get a priest that says, that's gone now, you're good. Yeah. Um. So uh, there Voila. could be that. Um, there are a lot of cultures um, that have a lot of superstitious beliefs and they are passed down from one generation to the next. So, you know, you can have that in your psyche.
1: And some of those things can actually become like a an OCD, um, where a compulsive thing that you, you have to do it because you've you've seen this, you've been told that something bad will happen. So you have to count to the number 13 or you, you have mm-hmm. to count to the number 14 and, mm-hmm. and it becomes a compulsive thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But my thought on that is that uh, if you break a mirror, then you go, oh my God, oh my God, I've, I'm going to have bad luck. And then something bad happens to you and you go, oh, see, I've had bad luck somebody bumped into my car or somebody stole my wallet or I lost my phone. That's the bad luck from the mirror. In actual fact, I don't think it's got anything to do with the mirror or the bad luck. I think that's that um, you become aware of the bad things that are happening around you because you are now looking for them. Bad things, poopy things happen to us in life Every day, mm-hmm. we stub our toes, we lose our wallet, we can't find our keys, we drop 50 bucks out of our wallet, um, people lie, cheat, steal, break and enter. Oh, it's a happy, happy world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But because we've done something that is linked with bad luck, we link it with that and we confirm the bias of that, of the, oh, see, mirror's broken, proof we've yes. had bad luck. Yeah. Yep. And we call that confirmation bias mm-hmm. in the paranormal field. Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's a little bit the same as uh, spiritual bypassing when you blame your spirit guide for everything uh, that you do. My spirit guide told me to do this. And Mercury in retrograde. Told me to do that, Mercury in retrograde. We tend to blame that for everything. Sorry, Christy. Christy, we're waiting for you to come (laughs) on. Maybe
1: you can give us some tips tonight. But in saying that, I didn't know it was Mercury in retrograde. And I had the worst trouble with telephone calls and communications and my computer was breaking down um, and I, I couldn't make people understand what I was trying to say to them and I ended up in this loop of uh, artificial intelligence helpers, which you don't even want to kill bots sometimes. Um, and then Christy said, oh, you do know that it's Mercury in retrograde. And I went, oh, well, that will make sense. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that to start with, so I wasn't putting it down to that. Mm-hmm. And it was an unusual series of events. Mm. But apparently we're out of it now. Are we? Yeah. I don't even know what Christy's talking about tonight. Do we know? No. Surprise!
0: (laughs) Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio.
1: You're listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle FM. Newcastle FM, what, Newcastle Live Radio? What the hell am I talking I don't about? I Those drugs have kicked in Whoa. good and proper. Oh, we've got some more questions that have come through. Now, I've got one here from Kel. Now, Kel says that she's coming to the all-nighter on Friday night and she wants to know, should she bring anything with her like a crystal or something or rosary beads to protect her while she's in the jail? Okay. What do you reckon?
2: She can bring whatever she wants if it helps her feel more comfortable. Um, I'm not going to say no because I know we all started with a sense of needing something to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people started... Uh, doing this because they watch TV that's or watch right. something um, uh, on Netflix or whatever. So many people or most people didn't start by sitting down and going to workshops and having someone talk them through all of this. They watched something on TV and they thought, oh that's what they're saying. They're talking about protection or other ghost groups um, were talking about taking protection or, you know, crystals or whatever with them. And so you follow suit. You know, if, if someone out there on TV or um, on a podcast or something and says take protection with you, you kind of go, okay, you know, oh, oh, I've, got uh, I've got to be careful. I must There's negative
1: energies out there. So they're going to attach themselves to me.
2: I probably wouldn't say to people who have never done this before, don't take anything with you because, again, if it is a sense of protection and you're going to feel that um, it's worthwhile, then your mind is already making that decision for you and is really setting that zone of protection around you because that's what you're telling it to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, And it's important that you take something that you actually believe will protect you. So if you... um, take a crystal because someone's hands it and says, take that with you and you go, I don't know what this is. It's a rock. What am I doing with this? How is that going to protect me? You've got no belief that's going to offer you protection. Therefore, you won't feel safe. Mm. But if you uh, are brought up in, say, the Catholic faith and you uh, knew that your grandma used to use the rosary beads and they give you a sense of comfort, then uh, you would probably feel more comfortable and safe with those as your blanket of protection. Mm Uh, so uh, this is where we talk about cultural appropriation and all that sort of thing where people will take something from another culture because they've seen it on TV mm-hmm. and say, well, that's going to protect me. And they've got no understanding of why or or what they've got. Mm-hmm.
2: What their uses are, yeah. what the um, history of it is, um, how it was used by um, the original culture that used it. So, again, it's all about doing a little bit of research and working out why um, number one, you feel that you need to be protected, and number two, why you're using a particular talisman or amulet or whatever it might be, uh, and whether you have you have faith in that or you're just taking it because you saw it, somewhere.
1: Yeah. And look, I'm guilty of watching the TV shows early on and seeing mediums walk around. I, I remember one particular one where she had some black tourmaline and she was wandering around with the black tourmaline in this space and she dropped it and smashed everywhere. And she go, oh that, that, that needs to stay there that's meant to happen because that's spreading itself out to to give protection to your location. And I went, oh, black I need black tourmaline for protection immediately onto eBay buying black tourmaline and having it sent to me with no idea of what I was doing. But I saw it on TV, Mm -hmm. so it had to be real.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. Who else
1: is guilty of that?
2: Uh, we have our international correspondent, Danielle, who has asked a question. But she's going to be in Australia on Wednesday? Yes. Oh, you've got that dreaded flight ahead of you. And, oh, I'm so sorry. And she said, do I need to bring something to protect me from Christy trying to keep me in Oz? <laughs> <laughs> and I think you will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think absolutely you will. Oh, dear.
1: Yeah, watch out for that basement she's got ready with no. the big iron doors <laughs> and the no. chains in the wall. She's going to keep you there. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to um,
2: see you again, Danielle.
1: I think she needs a dose of Danielle. I really yes, do. Absolutely. What else we got? Now, look, I had a... I had a very interesting experience at Maitland Jail the other night, Renata. Did you? Because we split up, didn't we? Mm -hmm, We did. You went to Wollongby and got drenched. Mm -hmm. And I was at Maitland Jail, toasty warm. Mm -hmm. And we had the best group of people. They were a private group and they were so into the whole experience. And I I was running A-Wing with the spirit box and the headphones, which I love to do. And there was... Uh, I always go around with the spirit box and um, the people that are seeing the headphones calling out whatever they're hearing. And I, I say, Would you like to put someone in a cell by themselves? And someone on the, the headphones has gone, Yes. They can't hear the question. I said, Good, okay, let's go across. And I went across each person and said, Who do you want? And anyway, they picked someone. They said yes on someone. So I took her up there and I got Christy to go into the cell with them. And then uh, I, I've yelled out at the, the Spirit Box team. I've said, can you tell me the name of the lady I've just put in Cell 7? Because they'd pick Cell 7. And on the headphones, Kay. Mm-hmm. I went, um, what is her name? She went, Kay. Ooh. Now that was good in itself, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, then I've gone, can you touch Kay for me? Can you touch her hair or pull her jacket? And um, I think they said, is that all? And I went, yeah, 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 that'd be great. Not long after that, we hear this squawk from cell seven, and Christy's gone, Anne, and something's going on with the lady is in cell seven. Something's happened to her. So we've raced up and said, what what's happened? Apparently, something grabbed her by the back of her jacket. She touched her hair and grabbed her by the jacket and yanked her backwards. Wow. And Christy was standing next to her and saw her go flying. She said it wasn't something where the lady has faked it. Mm -hmm. It was real. She got tugged backwards and it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Wow. 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 Things like that don't happen very often. Oh, we've got to go. We've got to get to the news. Yes. Now, look, after the news, we've got a story from Renata about a ditch. Good on you. That's nice. Can't wait. Yep. And I have got the ghostwriter coming up with Amityville Horror, Justin Bieber and Anne and Renata. And don't forget, we've got Christie's. Now, can you remember the name of the no, show? No, I can't. Magical Moments it is No, then. it's not it Magical Moments. If anyone can remember what
2: Christie's uh, show was going to be called, no, Christie's No, it's part. Magical Moments because no, I didn't wasn't. like no, the other no, one. No no, 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 no. All right, we've got to go to the news. It's time
0: to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with
2: Anne and Renata. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of Spooky Sundays with your hosts, Anne Rikovic and me, Renata Daniel, and of course, this hour we have Christy back with her magical G-spot. Oh, Lisa, why did Thank you have you. to tell her? Thank you, Lisa. No. I love you. No. Love you so much. Yes, we came up. Look, that was spiritually
1: downloaded. Yeah. Okay. Well, what does the what does the G stand for? Goddess. Oh, I see. I thought it was God. Oh, God. What? Oh dear. Oh, okay. I thought that was the G spot it was all about.
2: Well, look, I've got a story to start this hour. Oh, off.
1: what's your story about, Renata? Uh, a ditch.
2: It's a yes. It is a dead woman's ditch. <laughs> In Somerset.
1: Mm-hmm. oh UK. They've always got the something in UK.
2: This goes back, actually, because it's, it's quite interesting how some of these things actually go back to the myths and the legends mm-hmm.
1: that abound. A oh, well, shout out to Ali and Keg, Alison and Keg, who are currently in the UK doing a road trip of some yeah. form or other.
2: Staying at all the places we can afford to stay, but yeah. never mind, next time we will.
1: But I'm admiring their photos.
2: Mm. So foul mouth ghost haunts walkers by telling them to f. Off at the site of an 18th century murder in Somerset at Dead Woman's Ditch. That's,
1: mm. Can you imagine walking along and hear this? Fick mm. off!
2: <laughs> so Ramblers reported a woman in white scaring them with foul-mouthed rants. She was spotted at Dead Woman's Ditch in Somerset, the site of a 1789 murder. Now, this is quite interesting. 1789? mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, So... A woman in white has been disturbing the peace with foul-mouthed rants as she spooked ramblers a dead man's ditch on the Quantock Hills in Somerset. The area was named after the murder of Jane Walford by her husband John in 1789. There were reports of a sweary apparition two years ago, but after a brief holiday, she seems to be back at her sharp-tongued worst. A local ghost-busting team have started to investigate the unnatural reports. Now, this is something that's just happening now. So the original thing that occurred in 1789 obviously happened a long time ago, the murder, but she seems to have been revived. Right. I wonder what set her off again. I don't know. It's not the first time people living near the ditch have seen Ghoul. One resident said when I was 17 on my way home from work driving along a cold road I saw a bright white figure on the side of the road so I slowed down. It appeared to be a woman completely dressed in white old-fashioned clothing. I couldn't take my eyes off as I drove past. I couldn't bring myself to turn around to have another look. I just drove home in complete shock.
1: Run away, run
2: away. Another said I've seen what looks like a tall figure with a long dark coat on outside the pub, on the edge of the road. Oh,
1: that's a flasher.
2: Checked back and no one there. Now, the reaction from locals has been mixed uh, with one saying it was probably just a Bluetooth speaker hidden in the bushes, (laughs) while another said it all sounds a bit Scooby-Doo to me. Oh, you
1: thought a lot of hogwash, that one.
2: (laughs) Uh, However, others have been more convinced Local woman Shelley Brereton said Two women died here Or at least the body of a second one was found in 1988 Oh, 1988, Mm. that's recent So maybe she is the one haunting people Meanwhile, Philip King said Given the behaviour of many visitors to the hills And the vast numbers I can understand why she's ticked
1: off you, Valerie Moss Just added, a thought, though. Yeah. Is it the two ghosts that might be um, having a turf war? I don't know. Maybe they're swearing at each other. Get out of my space. No, you get out of my space. I was here first. I was here since the 1700s. Mm. You've just got here.
2: There's a little problem with all of this. And oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a
1: minute. I thought so, I'd solved it.
2: The Valerie Moss added, I wonder when the F-bomb made it into current usage might help to
1: date the ghost. Oh, Well,
2: that F word's been around for a very long, long time.
1: All these young'uns who think they've invented the F-bomb. No, you didn't. Your nana knew it.
2: (laughs) And her nana knew it as well. So there's a writer. So I I dug a little bit deeper because I wanted to know about this um, uh, dead woman's ditch thing. And apparently there's a a writer called Claire Donoghue who wrote a novel uh, where the main character Di Lokia uh, tries to get to the bottom of a murder in Somerset. It's called the Night Stalker. Oh,
1: Detective Inspector. I thought it was D.I. I I thought you were spelling
2: out die. no, no, no. (laughs) D.I., Detective Inspector Lockyer, is called down from London's murder squad to assist the local team in their investigation into a hit and run in Somerset on a remote road in the Quantock Hills for reasons neither he nor his boss yet understand. Lockyer takes his D.S., Detective Sergeant Jane Bennett with him, and it isn't long before they're embroiled in a murder, echoing one that occurred two centuries earlier. It's a smorgasbord of myths, legends and murder. Oh, Oh, I do like a smorgasbord. Yes. Now, when Claire was out and about in the Quantock Hills, she uh, hired... uh, Someone to take her around so that she could take some photographs and really set the novel in the Somerset area, mm-hmm. noting some of the places. Mm-hmm. Yep, so you do that. That's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular driver that she was with actually said did you know about a place called dead woman's ditch and she said oh my oh mia my my, my crime writer's heart jumped out of my chest better, 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 and better. she said stop the car and tell me more oh i must know james the chauffeur mm. tell me more so in 1789 john walford married jane shawney a marriage forced upon him after jane got pregnant well, he had a wandering. Uh, sorry, it was forced on him after Is, he got a pregnant. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
2: In fact, she already had a child by John. And his brother, if rumours are to be believe. Oh, a family affair. But John's mother had managed to persuade the courts to accept payment for her first grandchild rather than wedlock. But when the same thing happened again, there were only there was only one option. Just six weeks after their wedding, John and Jane were on their way home after an evening in the Castle of Comfort. The I, I, Castle I, of Comfort. I think that's a pub. <laughs> I want to know a whether that's still The Castle of comfort. I, Look it up. See if it's still there. I want to know. I'm, um, I'm searching right now. The wise can only be guessed at, but it is said John beat his new wife and killed her, leaving her body in dead woman's ditch. She was discovered the next day. John was arrested and charged and hanged, and his body was displayed in a gibbet for a year as a warning to others. Now, apparently, he was hung... Well, hanged, hanged, and uh, just put on display not far from where he dumped her body. Oh. So, my theory might be that the two ghosts that you're talking about are John and Jane yelling at each other.
1: Ah, it's an echo of the past. Yes. Do you know what? What? There are several castles, castles of comfort. <laughs> there are several. <laughs> And they're all pubs, hotels and restaurants. Right. Okay. So
2: these are fantastic stories. They are. Because you've got an event that occurred in 1789 and it seems to be echoing into the recent history of time. Yeah. So do people know about this legend and they go out there searching for this? Or do would-be travellers just seem to be in the moment when it happens and they're hearing these experiences or having these experiences without knowing this information.
1: Mm, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yes. The horse or the cart? That would be there are so... so many things to think of. That would be just so interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great story. I yes. like how you dug down. But we never found out how old the word F-bomb is.
2: Uh, I'll have to work that out. But it goes back to some of the kings of England mm-hmm. because...
1: Because um... I know in Ireland it's feck. Because I say fake all the time because mm. I can get away with saying that. But I can't say the other one. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, because there was, and I'm not sure I, I could be making all of You're this up. You're talking about but your butt. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was a stage where uh, you kind of had to get permission from the king to get married, mm-hmm. um, which meant that you could actually have the naughty. You could have the naughty, the naughty intercourse. Done. So you kind of had to get signed off. So the, 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 the word actually stands for fornication under the consent of the king.
1: Oh. Oh. So it should be for... T- c- no, fornication under, under the consent. The, the. So we've got a T.
2: Fornication. T- c- oh. <laughs> right. F- t- c- okay. Now, like I said, I may have made all of that up, but I'm sure I've... I've Send Somebody can
1: text it through to mm, us. I'm sure. Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. Let us know if she's right or whether she's pulling it out of her butt. You know what's
2: next? Yeah, I think. Look, we're going to go to Foo Fighters. Yep. Yep. So yep. let's get. Have go you got your song. script
1: ready, Renata? <gasps> yes.
2: Yes, All right.
1: yes. Here we go.
2: Spooky
0: Sundays may have sent the spirits your way, but remember, consult a human professional before making that life changing decision. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Newcastle Live Radio and Spooky Sundays. And guess what, Anne? What? Do you know that if people miss an episode of Spooky Sundays, and oh. heaven help those that do...
1: Oh, no, we've mark against their name. It is
2: now a podcast. <gasps> is it, Radata? It is. Oh, well, where can they find this you podcast? You can find it on Spotify
1: yeah, and iTunes <gasps> and iHeartRadio. Oh, and all those podcasting places. Yeah. Did you know that the girls who put out Spooky Spooky Sundays have another podcast? Yeah. Oh, do they? They do! Oh. It's called True Hauntings. And where can you find that? On iTunes and Spotify and all those
2: lovely podcasting places. Oh, it must be good because it's the same girls that are doing Spooky Sundays. I know. Mm. <laughs> right. The Nutters. So, okay. the Queens of Paranormal. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we're
1: taking and running them with yeah. uh, We are. Even though we've it's uh, better finally... Than,
2: it's better than the G- GG one. Well,
1: at least we are both grandmas now. We can officially own that. Yeah, I own it. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Okay, um, let's If Have go. you worked out what you're going to be called yet? No. <laughs> this is called avoidance. All right, so it is The Ghost Writer. Now, for those who are playing at home, this is how this works. Anne and Renata are always going to be the famous ghost hunters at the, the center of the uh, um, story. And then we try to choose a famous person or a well-known person or someone that we know, um, and sometimes we'll make up one, like we had Wayne Bin Chicken, but it was based on someone that we sort of knew. Mm-hmm. And then we'll either choose a famous location or um, some sort of weapon or something, and we enter it all into the mysterious ghost writer, and the ghost writer creates a story for us. Yes. So today's story, the input was Anne and Renata, ghost hunters, Justin Bieber, and the weapon was his voice, uh-huh. and the uh, Amateurville Horror House. So Renata has her script Mm -hmm. and I will cue her when she has to say her lines. She has no idea what this story is, but she just gets the lines when I I tell her to say them. Mm -hmm. So let us begin. Anne and Renata were the best of friends. And together, they were two of the most famous ghost hunters in the world. Oh, now, before I go any further, we have to say this is completely made up. This is not <laughs> tr- true about Justin Bieber. It is just a name we have chosen. It could have been Bing Crosby, Goss, Cos, Cosby, Crosby. Crosby or anyone, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is not a true story and there's no defamation against the gorgeous Justin. Here we go. Sorry. They had seen it all and faced off against every kind of demon imaginable. But when they were called to help rid a family of a demon terrorising them in their own home... They knew this would be their most challenging case yet. Oh, no. The house was the infamous Amityville Horror House. Mm. And the new residents had accidentally awoken the demon that was hiding in the red room in the basement. Oh, you know what happens oh, in the red That's the one that room. was exorcised. I know. What's he doing back there? Oh, they've woken it up. I'm scared. I know, you should be. The demon was making their lives a living hell. And so they turned to Anne and Renata for help. The first challenge for Anne and Renata was to summon enough courage to even step foot inside and find the demon. Mm -hmm. Apparently we're chicken. Mm. The first thing they did was to enlist the help of Justin Bieber, whose voice they knew would be a weapon against the demon. Justin answered the phone and said, Hello, (laughs) (laughs) this is Justin Bieber. (laughs) Anne and Renata said you've got a demon problem and need my help. I'm on my way. Do I need to do that in American accent? Oh, no. Please. Please don't do it in any accent. <laughs> <coughs> and uh, I love how it's like Anne and Renata told me. I, th- I thought it was us that was ringing him. Anyway, oh. maybe it was our secretary. Yes. It was our personal assistant. Mm. It was him. All right. Uh, um, didn't take long for Justin to arrive, and when he did, the ghost hunting trio entered the infamous and terrifying house. The first thing they noticed was the awful smell. I told
2: you he shouldn't have eaten those curried eggs before coming on a ghost hunt.
1: <laughs> but there was no time for banter as they could hear the demon downstairs in the red room. That's Renata's stomach, she's hungry. They crept down slowly and (laughs) peered through the keyhole. Inside, they saw a most terrifying sight. The demon was a huge, red, horned creature with burning eyes and sharp teeth. It was chained to the wall, but it was trying to break free and Renata knew they had to act quickly. Renata turned to Justin and said, Justin, we need your help.
2: We know your voice is a weapon against demons. We need you to
1: sing. Justin didn't hesitate. He started singing his hit song, Baby, baby, baby. And as he did, the demons started to weaken. (gasps) Just when they thought Justin had succeeded, the demon broke free from its chains and devoured Justin. <laughs> oh god, we're not gonna make it through. Ah, oh, The demon then started to take on the form of Justin, a doppelganger. Now Anne and Renata were faced with their friend who was trying to kill them. Renata screamed <coughs> and Anne ran. <laughs> they were lucky to get out alive, but... As they left, they could hear the voice of the demon in Justin's voice laughing at them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they knew that was, this was not the last they would see of the amateurville Horror House demon. Anne and Renata had to regroup. They had to find a weapon that would combat the power of Justin Bieber's demonic voice. Just then, Renata spotted the perfect weapon. It was a copy of Anne's favourite book, The Cat in the Hat. (laughs) God. I don't know where it comes up with this stuff. Ah. They knew that they could use its power to defeat the demon once and for all. The next day they returned to the house armed with the book. When they got there, they saw that the family had been eaten by the demon. Nom, 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 nom. They went into the red room and there it was waiting for them. The demon was in Justin Bieber's form again and it was holding the family's severed heads in its hands. Anne and Renata knew they had to act fast. Anne started reading from the cat and the hat aloud, and as she did, the demon started to weaken. Who knew Dr. Seuss had such power?
2: Oh, he a doctor after
1: yeah, all. Yeah, that's right. Finally, they were able to destroy the demon for good. As they left the house, they could hear the family screams of terror still echoing in the walls. They knew this case would haunt them forever. But they also knew that they had saved the day. Anne and Renata were the heroes of the hour. The families w- were killed and they were holding severed. How can we be the heroes of the hour if the whole family died and their heads were severed? Well, at least it was just one family,
2: right? we every- could have
1: gone to terrorise the is whole true. This is true. We mm-hmm. saved the rest of the world, didn't we? Yeah. But now we all know what we need to add to our demon hunting kit. Oh, the Cat in the Hat. Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. Yes.
2: How random was that? Mm. If anyone's got a copy of the Cat in the Hat, <laughs> send it to
1: us. we'll put it in our um, kit, mm. Mm. and we'll read it aloud next time we see a demon. Um, what did you think of that one, guys? Did you enjoy it? Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. Especially now, tell us if you like the, um, you know, the the effects, the yeah, sound, the effects. sound effects. We, we, we go to a lot of trouble with that. We do. Yeah. We do. Um, and maybe some suggestions of a uh, another story that we can come up with for Anne and Renata another hero or a weapon or a haunted place or something a little bit bizarre and let's see what I can come up with next time. Mm. And
2: we're heading off to our next song but remember that after this song we are back with Christy's magical G-spot. Moments. Spot.
1: It's moments.
2: Oops. Spot. Spot. <laughs> So I'm going to take you to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and free-falling
0: Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio.
1: And we are back. Surprise! I saw the look on your face then when you had that click, click, and you went, oh, God, we're wrong.
2: Yes, we're back. We are back. And we have the delightful Miss Christie for her magical G-spot moment. How are you, Miss Christie?
1: When did we decide that it was going to be G-Spot? Yeah, I know. I'm
3: with <laughs> you. Uh, hey. And where's my intro music?
2: Look, look. Oh, no. We're, We've got to work that out. We're on a budget. But we did. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we did a call out and we asked people to vote. And it was unanimously voted <laughs> that it was going to be Christy's magical G-Spot. I'm sorry. I'm you, sorry. You've I got to live like with it now. moments, but, you know. No, no. It's just too Sorry, Christy. Too plain.
1: You you All deserve right. a G spot. You're the the goddess spot.
3: Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Press my button and if we go. All right.
1: <laughs> now, I
3: know we we're talking about Jenny Hill before and I just want to say that um this year is actually our fortieth year of being best friends.
1: Oh.
3: And, and I haven't seen her for nine years.
1: And we've seen her twice in that time. <laughs>
3: shut up just shut up but uh, yeah so um, look if she needs protection she can arm herself with a knitting needle Um, that is a joke between her and I she swears (laughs) I tried to kill her with a knitting needle once
1: okay right inside joke oh no that doesn't work (laughs) let's let's not say that
3: no (laughs) how about we get on to tonight
1: yes please before I dig a hole any further than what I've already (laughs) got
3: Okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about dressing a candle.
1: Oh, mm. I like this. It's a
3: fancy dress, and but not a, in Barbie clothes. No,
1: but a lace, but
3: something about when we're saying dressing a candle in magic is dressing a candle is adding and carving an inscription into the candle, um, setting your intention with it, using essential oils and herbs. So all things that correspond and enhance the magical work that you're about to be doing. Right. So you don't have to dress your candle. The choice is yours,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but I do enjoy it. Mm. And it can be done just as a standalone thing by itself. Um, or, you know, you can, you know, say you were, I don't know, doing a money spell. Um, you could dress a candle in basil oil and roll it in cinnamon, Um and carve dollar signs onto it, all things like yes. that, so to make it part of the um, actual spell undertaking rather than just going, here's a candle, plonk it on, and set it on fire. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit more difficult than
1: <laughs> I like Which, to set it on fire. Would
3: you like to set things on fire? <laughs> we do. Which, like to burn stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess addressing a candle. Um, with your intention, you can just do it with intention. So you actually don't need to go out and buy herbs and spices and all things like that. Um, you can take the candle, put it in front of you, hold it in your hands and concentrate on what you actually want it for. Mm-hmm. So look at your candle and visualize it burning and set your intention. Um, in but it, but
2: the, it, look, it's, it's more fun button. to rub stuff into it. <laughs> We're
1: getting to that. I pro- getting okay. Yeah, I like to uh, rub it quite a bit. <laughs> yes.
3: yes, and if, I, I wish we had a camera because I could show you some great moves. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so you could just use your intention. the so same way you would program a, a crystal, you can. Um, with a candle
2: mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. So you can also inscribe as i said the candle you could make up a sigil um, or words or symbols that align with your magical working mm-hmm. and that's actually part of the intention process as well so being, uh, helping you to make it clear what you want mm-hmm. so dressing it in with oils so there's many essential oils and natural basic oils out there um, which are made to support your various intentions so they all have their own vibration and frequency and uses and things like that. If people are a little
2: bit aware um, or fearful of dressing a candle using oils, do you say that it is safe to do so?
3: Yes. hmm But what we want to do is when we do it, <laughs> it's not about dousing the whole thing in oil. It's just using about one drop. Okay. You know, so we're not you know, putting enough oil on there that the wax actually you know, melts <laughs> or, or turns into a towering inferno or flame from the oil. We just want to drop, and, and right, that's just part right. of the thing. So adding that little bit of scent
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, to it and using those, um, like I said, essential oils and also using your natural basic oils. So you can use a good quality of olive oil or grapeseed oil. Mm-hmm. So the only thing about using oils is just make sure that they actually are pure, oils and not things with additives or alcohol. So a lot of the fragrance oils that you get are actually an alcohol-based. So you mm, don't, whole.
1: Don't, don't, whole. don't drink them um, either. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's like the hot dollar shop in those places there, Norway. Yeah.
2: yeah so you've got to no, use is- proper proper ones that actually cost
1: money. Oh, by the way, Robert says that he will contact you later for visual instructions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I'm reckoning. Oh, no. not going there. No. <laughs> okay, so dressing with herbs. So, again, using herbs that correspond. So, what we're going to do is get a little bit of your base oil, so olive oil or grapefruit oil. And um, after you, I'll show you how to. Use your hands
1: to put the oil on it. Mm-hmm. You just rub. Just you rub. Just put the oil just gently. Rub on its bottom yep. and yep. work its okay. way. And then yes. Yeah. And then
3: so just put the oil on. And then you could just
1: roll your. Put your hand down. Roll. Stop
3: doing that, Renata, please.
1: She's doing really? visual stuff. It's not good. Sorry, Christy. It
3: will hurt my eyes (laughs) (laughs) and my brain or something like that. But, yeah, so um, get a mortar and pestle and ground up your herbs so it's just a fine powder, and then you just roll your candle in it. So the little bit of oil on the outside of the candle will allow the herb to stick. Mm-hmm. to the the candle itself. But so, but but but, of but listening off the side. Hold on, hold on. You
2: have some special herbs that are crushed in those little you know, jars. Yeah, you
1: can't sell those publicly, Renata, that's <laughs> special herbs you cannot sell publicly. I'm sorry. You can't yes, make a radio really about that. No,
3: you've got <laughs> the powdered ones, which you it'll jump be on my website? It's so I easy. Do. <laughs> I do have herbs, incense, mortar and pestle. Yes you got a lot. Cans, everything on my website that you need. Yes. I've even got a few essential oils as well. Yes. So now let's talk about how exactly to dress your candle. So I want you to all put your hands out in front of you like you're holding the steering wheel of your car.
1: Oh, I'm steering wheel of the car.
3: Right. <laughs> now bring them together so that your thumbs and your index fingers are touching. And so you imagine you've got. Candle
1: in between your hands.
3: Yeah, oh. Now, if you want to draw something towards you, start rotating your wrist a little bit and rub the candle. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're doing this, you realize we're actually doing this, and she was talking about it. I think we hold the steering wheels a little bit different to you. <laughs> now, look, I've got
3: a European car. <laughs> There's two schools of thought on how you can act, on, on what direction. And my my opinion for this is decide what works for you, know what your intention is, and just stick with it. All right? I'm
1: just gonna right Let's right going to continue rolling Just keep going. Hold the show together, Christy. Keep going.
3: Yep. i I'm just going to continue with so, if you want to use it for positive workings, you can rub it from top to bottom, and for negative workings, you can rub it from the bottom to the top. <laughs> Up to this stage, if you want to draw something to yourself, rub the candle in a downward motion from the top to the middle, and then rub from the bottom. Up to the middle as well. This is not helping my asthma. To reverse the rubbing, so rub from the middle to the end.
2: Right, um, I've got it. And then drop
1: hot wet on it. it. <laughs> I've got it. That's
3: right. So after applying your oil, your essential oil, rolling it in the herb, giving the a hand job, <laughs> <laughs> then voila, you've got a dress candle. Oh, oh look, That's fabulous. it's fabulous. I've had a I, hot flush I, over there. <laughs>
2: I think people are going to enjoy doing this exercise. And I, think,
1: I Christy, I think you need to do an online workshop on this one <laughs> with a video and camera so people can see exactly what you're doing. I know uh-huh. Robert would appreciate that. And um,
2: I, I actually think people should send in their photos of their dressed candles oh, too because yes. that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh. Christy, so yeah, I, I need to let you go so I can have a Bex and a lie down.
1: <laughs> a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I look, I think that's fantastic.
1: So where can they buy all your stuff?
3: Spellsandspirits.com dot AU and follow me on Facebook because I post the best memes.
1: Oh you do. You <coughs> she does. Do, girl. <laughs>
2: Oh, look, it's been a joy and delight to have you back in the studio live. I know people have well, been waiting for it. not oh, well, in the studio, but she's on the phone in the studio. People have been waiting for it. And now after that little session... Natasha
1: and... Um, um, oh, hang on. That's, that's you deserve
2: all. the G-spot. You really do. You,
1: you've earned the G-spot. Mm. <laughs> uh, Eric and Natasha love that. <laughs>
3: With some candle rubbing, your G-spot. I don't think you can go wrong. No, you oh,
2: can't. No, no. 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 I'm going to try that God, go home. The goddess is on your side. <laughs> all right, my darling, I'll let you go. Thank you, Thank you, you so much. Bye. 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 Oh, let's all just relax here I for know. a minute and uh, go to the next song. We have the Soup Dragons and I'm Free.
0: You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio.
2: Welcome back for the last few minutes of Spooky Sundays. And we hope that we have brought a smile to your face this evening
1: in many ways. Mm, we've certainly had a smile on our <laughs> dial. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't breathe there for one moment.
2: <sighs> uh, we've got a huge week ahead, Anne, um, with uh, a number of really big tours at the end of the week. Um, so by the time we are here next week, um, we'll be... I think we'll be dead in yeah. our chairs. <laughs> Yeah, well, we might need some really strong coffee.
1: So we have got our tarot show at the Wyong Milk Factory next Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sold out. Last time I looked, there was two tickets mm-hmm. left, and that mm-hmm. was a few days ago. Mm-hmm. You might be lucky if they're still there. Uh, when Then we've got our Ghost Hunting 101 at Maitland Jail on Friday night, which, sorry guys, it is sold out. Yep. Then we have our All Nighter, which goes till 6am in the morning, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Sorry guys, that is sold out. Mm-hmm. Um But what I didn't realise is that when we booked all that in is that it's Ruby, my granddaughter's first birthday on Saturday. Mm. So I've got her birthday party at Mm 11am in Weston, which is half an hour away from where I live. So I'm going to finish the ghost hunt at 6am, packed up. Got home probably about seven thirty, go to bed, and I'll have to be up probably about quarter past ten to go to her birthday party. Mm-hmm. Which that's fine, I can rest Saturday night, surely. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. No, I can't. Yeah. Because where are we going Saturday night? Gloucester. Gloucester. So we've got a two hour drive to Gloucester. Yes. And we're doing the Gloucester Gold Mine, the yes. Copeland Gold Mine Tour. Now, is there spots left from that? Yes, there are. Right. There's about six spots left. Oh, you'd be lucky, to get <clears> on that one. It's gonna be chilly with well but mm. it's beautiful in the forest. Absolutely. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so we're luckily we're staying there the night. We, we thought we weren't going to get accommodation, but thanks to Daniela, she found us some accommodation. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Daniela, was I meant to do something about that? I, I hope it's all confirmed. Um, and then we drive home Sunday morning mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have the show that night. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's an easy weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Ah, and we've got a few comments there. Deborah Ann thought that that was all hilarious. Renata's demon, e- demon eating sound effect sounded like my cat eating his dinner when you get too close. Lisa wasn't sure if maybe we got our words muddled up. and was it essential oils or sensual? sensual. <laughs> um, Yes, and Catherine said thank you so much. See you both for the Friday sleepover. Now, Daniela wrote some
2: information about the um, the F word.
1: The F word. First time it was written in any books was apparently in 1503. She said the word has been around since the 14th century when a couple had to ask permission to have sex before marriage from the king, also during the time <coughs> of William Wallace the king or his proxy had a law where they could have sex with a bride on her wedding night. Mm. What?
2: Thank you. Mm.
1: Um, so does that mean the king or his proxy could say, well, I'm going to have sex with her before you do on their wedding night?
2: No. It was it was permission. It was just permission to be able to, to do it.
1: The king or his yeah. proxy had a law where they could have sex with a bride on her wedding night.
2: Oh. Oh, I do not know about that. Yeah, I think oh. this
1: may be originally where it comes from. Oh. I bet it's cold in Gloucester, Daniela. Oh. Oh. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you.
2: Anyway, we've had a joy this evening. Uh, Boy, we are, we what? We are glad to be back. We
1: hope you've enjoyed the show. I, I must admit, it's it. I love being in studio. and I love being able to chat to all the people who listen to us. Yeah, We really do appreciate those people who have taken the time to send in a text message. You don't know how much it actually means to us. Um, Because it also lets the studio know that, that we do have an audience listening.
2: Absolutely. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a show.
1: Yeah, you guys. We we can't do it without you. So thank you. Mm, thank you so much.
2: But we're going to end the night off with some Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild. Thank you again from Anne and Renata. I'm sneezing. Follow us on our Facebooks and our social media. Oh, there's a really really funny.
1: YouTubes. There's a funny YouTube one that's just up today, episode seven from the Tasmania Adventures. Watch it to the end because it's freaking funny and a little naughty.
2: Oh, really? Who would think? Who would have thunk? Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Stay
1: spooky and we'll
2: see you on the dark side. Bye.
0: Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata spooky sundays when the truth lies beyond a logical answer dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable sometimes unconventional but always entertaining it's spooky sundays with Anne and renata sunday from 8 p.m only on newcastle live